Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Cameron Snape and I miss video stores so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-hosts Kira Jade Oppitz and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around and sign up for a membership. This is Weird Kid Video. Old business? No. No. <laughs> no old business. We're all a little tired mm. because we did play a role-playing game last night. It was mm. so good. Kids on Bikes, it's called? Yeah, it was Kids on Bikes mashed up with some other thing, bits and pieces. Mm. Yeah. Some homebrew. Yeah, some homebrew stuff. It was but excellent. That's, that's why we sound tired. Mm. Brody was a nerd. I was a cool kid. Cam was, was a DM. Ellie, who is my partner, was the future prom queen, and she fucking knocked it out of the park. So yeah, she's a southern Ellie. belle. <laughs> we had a good time. Yeah, it was a very belated Halloween party. Yeah, <laughs> new business this week. We are stuck behind enemy lines with only our gee whiz attitudes and a bug friend from Beyond the Stars to help us. We are talking about Zone Troopers from zone 1985. Troopers. Zone Troopers. Aliens crashed and lost on a strange planet called Earth. Only one man can save them. He was jacked in in Utah. This time he's back as the Iron Sarge, facing an enemy he's never even seen before. Listen, I figured the eight of us could catch him in the meadow with those fancy ray guns. We will not help you kill your own Directed by Danny Bilson and written by Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo. I will talk about them a little bit more in a second. So. No. Oh. Charles Band did not direct this movie. Charles Band produced this movie. Right. Under his Empire Pictures label. I love how I can just say so and you know. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> we've talked extensively about Band because we've covered lots of his movies now. Well, Brody not loves lots of him. his movies. A few of his movies. We've done Trances. I dig the fuck out of him. And I saw another band in the credits. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later too. Okay. Trances, okay, Future Cop and the Dreaded Meridian. In Ooh. Charles Band's memoir, Confessions of a Puppet Master, Band tells a story that Bilson, Danny Bilson, was Charles Band's second assistant cameraman on Ghoulies and asked if he would read he and his writing partner's screenplay that they had been working on. Charles Band did not read it. <laughs> he had his producing and life partner Deborah Dion read it. She then told Band, "It's really good. You should read it," <laughs> which he did. And he was like, "Oh wow, this is this is kind of great." And you would expect that he then bought that script, but he did not buy that script. <laughs> he pitched to them to write a movie that he had an idea for, Trances, aka Future Cop. <laughs> so they no. are the writers on Trances, aka Future Cop. But what what was the movie that they wrote? I don't Did know. I couldn't find out. No, I don't think it ever got made. I think it's an <laughs> oh, unproduced screenplay. So, but he said shitty. it was good. Yeah, I know, right? But on the, so then on the set of Trances, Band had Bilson and Demio take a run at a script, another script for a science fiction World War II movie that he had already sold based on a poster <laughs> and a title at the Milan film market, and that is Zone Troopers. <laughs> I was it thought, the, would it have been the poster that is now the front the cover movie? of the movie? I think so, yeah. I honestly think so. So many things about this movie. 
but like, don't get into the things about the movie. No, 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 but like, yet. just what you were talking about about like the story being so good that you think you would have bought that script. I thought you were going to say it was Zone Troopers because the story of this, not necessarily the quality of the movie, <laughs> but the story is yeah. a very good story. It's a very good concept story. You think the concept's great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, con- yeah, the yeah. concept's up so there. So Band was thrilled with their script, and then when Bilson mentioned that he wouldn't mind directing it. Charlie went, yeah, you should direct it because that's what Charles Band does. <laughs> He's like, yeah. You want to yeah, make yeah, me money? You can go do that. So Danny Bilson directed it. Paul DeMeo ended up being one of the producers and then Charles Band is the main is the main producer on it. After this, Bilson and DeMeo would go on to write The Rocketeer. I've talked about them before because yeah. they wrote Future Cop. I kind of covered their careers a little bit, but just briefly. And then there were showrunners on the Flash TV show from 1990. Right, yeah. Yeah, that we talked about. And all of their projects have this very pulp comic book vibe. Yeah, don't. Right. Like all of their stuff kind of fits into, or at least this their earlier stuff fits into the same mold as things like Zone Troopers and Future Cop and Rocketeer and The Flash. It's very inspired by EC Comics. Ah. Was this before The Rocketeer? Oh, uh, this is long before. Rocketeer is in the 90s. Yeah, Two-Fisted Tales and Weird Science being two of the EC titles that they're kind of combining and pulling from, as well as a very specific DC Comics character that I will talk about later Hmm. Hmm. that you guys probably don't know. Right, okay. By the way, Denny Bilson is the father of Rachel Bilson from the OC. Oh, hey. (laughs) Which one's Rachel Bilson? Um, What's her character's name? Blank. Gone blank. You can just describe it. I know you know I know Seth Seth Cohen's girlfriend. She's like the popular um, yeah. girl that ends up with Seth Cohen. Yep, 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 yep. What's yep. her name? Sure. Summer. Summer. Summer, yeah. yeah. Summer Roberts. Yeah, that's her. Very good to know. They made this movie the same year and with the same crew as Trancers. And oh, really? Mostly the same cast. Yeah. Yeah, I did definitely know. Pretty much the, the same cast. Yeah, so this movie was made after Trancers. I think they literally rolled from Future, Future Cop, flew the crew to Europe, and then made this movie. Where was this made? It was shot in Italy. Because, like... Is That's it down the road? Based. Is it down the road from like his castle? I think it's. <laughs> I don't know if he owns the castle yet, but I'm pretty sure that at this point, Charles Band has bought an Italian film studio. Yeah, so he right. owns a studio space in Italy, and then I think that it's just before he buys the castle. Because this is probably me watching nearby. the movie. He's probably yeah, wandering probably. around and went, "I like that." Yeah, I shall buy that. For those that maybe don't know, Charles Band infamously yes. buys an Italian castle and then shoots like most of his movies yeah. there for the next decade. Cause like, why the fuck wouldn't you? Yeah. But like, this is me watching the movie. I was sitting there going, huh? Oh, uh, oh. Uh. And like, they're all the zone troopers people. And after I got over that shot, Trances people. Yes. Sorry. All, well, they are the zone troopers. People. AKA future cop. Yes. All the trances people. And then after I got over that shock, I was like, the set is fucking impressive here. Hmm. Like, so it must've been filmed. Like they just must've found countryside. Where yeah. It's just fit, a, right? the Italian countryside. Yeah. It's f- uh, beautiful. Starring, yeah, Tim Thomason as Sergeant Stone. This is the fourth Tim Thomason movie we have covered. Yeah. He's, two, he's so Tim Thomason. Two yeah. Future Cops, an Iron Eagle, and a Zone Troopers. I kind of love him, man. Like, he's just got such a... He's not like a Brad Pitt charismatic, but he's like a... He's a throwback. He's a... Yeah, it's like a real stern charisma where it's like, I don't think I could be your friend, but you come off as a real man's man kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, he's cool. He's, he's also got- a song and dance man. He's also, got he? a little, he's also got a little theater kid in him. Why oh, yeah, for sure. Why are some of the most manly men in cinema also song and dance people? Because song and dance is awesome. He's a little bit more grey in this movie than I yeah. feel like he was in the first. That could be some work. 
You think that that's for the character? Or he, they had, they had, um, or the opposite. They or made the opposite. Him, they made yeah. him look a little more yeah. vigorous. Because I thought that um, when I saw him, I was like, oh, this must be a little while later because he looked a little bit he older. And I was like, and then you you said that this happened just after. Mm. Okay, that's well, interesting. Well, don't forget he, in Trances 2 he is well, blonde yeah. as all get out. Yeah, so but that's, maybe that's, a while, that's a little while later though, isn't it? Yeah, it's like yeah. six years later. Yeah. So Art Lafleur as Mittens, Beth Maynard God, as Dolan, all Trances <laughs> alum. Art Lafleur had a bit more of a mainstream career, hey? I wouldn't say mainstream career. He's a character actor. He just appeared in more movies that you would know. Yeah. Like he's in Field of Dreams. Yeah. He's one of the baseball players. In he's got such a good look to him, hey. He yep. he looks like a character out of Batman Brave and Bold. You know what I mean? Like he is <laughs> just like a cartoon character. If I'd ever seen that, I'd probably know what you were talking about. <laughs> but yeah, sure. Okay. And Timothy Van Patten as Verona. I left him f- to last for a reason. So you guys wouldn't know who the fuck this is, right? Great no, name. I love, I love him. Yeah. You love him? Yeah, I knew that you would love him. Mr. Joey. I was like watching this movie and I saw Timothy Van Patten and went, does that mean Tim Van Patten? Is that Tim Van Patten? Surely it can't be Tim Van Patten. It's Tim Van Patten. Tim Van Patten would go on to become a prolific television director. Oh. Ah. He directed episodes of Homicide, Life on the Street. He directed 20 episodes of The Sopranos. Ooh. He is the most credited director on the TV show The Sopranos. Oh, wow. Wow. Which means that he is basically, he's also one of the producers of the show. So he's like the in-house director for The Sopranos. For the wow. Sopranos. The Wire, Sex and the City, Rome. I fucking loved Rome. Did you go, you've seen a little bit of Rome. I've seen a little bit. Yeah. It's I only like two Wire. seasons. It's about two Roman soldiers. It, it's shot on the biggest, one of the biggest outdoor sets ever built. They yeah. literally built Rome in, it about? in Italy again. What's it about? Two Roman soldiers that end up getting into lots of wacky adventures. It's got it's oh. got uh, Anthony and Cleopatra in it. It's got uh, uh, nah. it's got Caesar in it. It's just it's great. Never even it's heard fant- of it. It's fantastic. It only lasted two years. At the time, it was the biggest budgeted television show of all time. Wow. Which is why it only lasted two years. It was on HBO. Okay. Rally to me. Rally to me. Rally to me. <laughs> Deadwood. Wow. Directed some Deadwood. Into the West, the Pacific miniseries. That's Is that the a, war one? Yeah, so it's like the kind of spiritual sequel to Band of Brothers. Yeah, yeah so it, the Pacific he has some fucking pedigree. That's what I'm saying. Boardwalk Empire. He was one of the main directors of Boardwalk wow. Empire. Game of Thrones. Uh, I think he only Holy directed shit. one Game of Thrones. Black Mirror. And most recently, oh, wow. he directed quite a bit of the a couple episodes of the Perry Mason TV show. Oh, right. Yeah, which we watched the first episode of and then just never watched any of the rest of it, even yeah. though we thoroughly enjoyed yeah, the first episode. Yeah, we liked episode. it. We he, should really go back to we that. We should. Yeah. He, um, he's terrible at doing accents. Tim Van Patten? Yeah. Well, <laughs> acting-wise, he only has a few acting credits. Yeah, so he okay. shifted into directing, I think, pretty quickly. And in terms of things that we would talk about, the only other movie that he was in was uh, Class of 1984, which we will cover eventually. Trailers. Yeah. Trailers. Trailers. Some interesting trailers. There I, was. Quite, I quite enjoyed some of the trailers. Okay. First up, Dallas, the early years. Who started the feud between the Bonds and the Ewings? Worst drunk I ever knew. Oh, I'm getting sick and tired of you trying to live my life for me. Junior Barnes did try to kill my daddy, and that's no call tale because I'm there. The early years where it all began. Yeah, seeing the full white hooded KKK people is always like a 
it's so jarring. You know what I mean? <laughs> Especially when you're not expecting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is a TV movie made during the ninth season of the TV show Dallas. What is Dallas about? It's like a generational family drama with two families against each other. Right. Right. And so this is like a prequel that they made during the ninth season of the TV show that aired as like a one-off special to give you more backstory and things. As these characters' ancestors kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, That's an interesting concept. Yeah, Dallas was a long-running, it ran for that's a lot of years. a very cool concept. There's the famous thing, it. so there's the who shot. Who shot JR on Dallas? I'll just bet Cliff Barnes did the dirty deed. When the smoke's clear, dear, you'll find that it was Vaughn Leland. Well, people list the 10 most likely suspects, and Vaughn sounds very unlikely to me, Sherlock. People asked 11 Texas celebrities who'd done it, and one of them agreed with me. There's even this Who Shot JR poll. People's asking everybody to vote. Everybody who follows Dallas should treat themselves. Treat their family. To, to this, this week's, week's people. people. Why do you buy two peoples? So you can vote for Vaughn while I send people the right answer. Mr. Burns? Well, that's where that comes from. Ah. Who Shot Mr. Burns is a piss take of Dallas that was like a big deal. The season ended with a wow, I didn't know that. shot. And then so, yeah, The Simpsons is a piss take of that. A nationwide manhunt is on to find out who gunned down Springfield's richest man. If you can solve the mystery, you could win the prize of a lifetime. A chance to be animated with The Simpsons. And don't miss The Simpsons season premiere on September 17th to find out who done it and to see if you're a winner. That's awesome. Yep. Wills and Burke, The Untold Story. than desperately seeking Susan. More mangrove swamps than Beverly Hills Cop. More camels than Star Wars. Gary McDonald is Robert O'Hara Burke, a man who boldly faced the unknown. Which way is north? Kim Gingell is William Wills, the man who followed a little way behind and to the left. I'm sure it will be all right, John. Wills and Burke, the untold story. If you only see two movies this year, make sure you see this one twice, twice, twice. I loved this trailer. It was fantastic. Also, so I have a lot to talk about this trailer. So also known as the wacky world of Wills and Burke. I warn our listeners that we are entering an Australians only content zone. And some of the words we use may make zero fucking sense to you. Roll with it. I thought I knew this movie, but I never realized that this movie was a black comedy. I thought it was a serious film. And that's because I was confusing it with another movie called Burke and Wills, which is a serious take on the same story that opened in cinemas a week after Wills and Burke. <laughs> that's awesome. That's I fantastic. thought that tagline was a little bit funky for what it actually so was. It's the black comedy version of the Wills and Burke story, that which is a real could thing. could have gone to the movies and done a double feature. Yes. That's so Wills sick. Wills and Burke and Burke and Wills. Wills. Yeah, right. <laughs> to provide some international context, there were two explorers that yeah. went on basically a misadventure and got themselves killed in the yeah. Australian in the Australian outback. They're our version of, oh, who are the Lewis American? and Clark? Yes, thank yeah. you. The, so for, for the Americans. Yeah, Gary McDonald, local boy, Oh. Born here in our hometown. All right. Star of ABC comedy The Auntie Jack Show. No and, relation. And <laughs> Wollongong the Brave as what? reporter Norman Gunston, the little Aussie bleeder. What should I say? Should I just say It's a spin-off show 
of of the Auntie Jack show. Oh which my god! There is an album. What? <laughs> TV corner? Maybe. Yeah. Ooh. Fuck yeah. Eighties, seventies, seventies, and eighties. Australian comedy in the seventies and eighties. And Norman Gustin was a reporter from Wollongong, and they sang a song, and there was a TV show spinoff called Wollongong the Brave. That is That's fantastic. Yes. We have to do that. I love getting repped as, like <laughs> in our like in any small Shh, way. We're not from that. Yeah, no, no. I don't know what you're talking about. No so one knows where we are. I also enjoyed him as a child in the TV show Mother and Son with Ruth Cracknell. Yeah. He was really good in that. I've so heard Gary McDonald's a famous Australian comedy actor. And the other guy is Kim Ginjnall, who is Colin Carpenter, who I used to watch from a kid from the comedy company. And Full Frontal, which is the same sketch comedy show. I that thought that Eric, name rang a bell. Yeah. That Eric yeah. Banner got his start on. Yeah, when uh. he was when he was a comedian and not Eric Banner. And to our international audience, it's now safe to return to the podcast. <laughs> She'll be right, mate. <laughs> Club Med. It's beautiful. It's exotic, and it's romantic. Come share in the fun and drama of those who seek the perfect vacation. The sun, the sizzle, and the romance. Club Med, it's paradise. Yeah, is this just an ad for the resort? Yeah, that's how it felt. Starring Linda Hamilton, it's a romantic drama shot on location at Club Med. It's an ad for Club Med. Visit clubmed.com slash wicked video and use the code word I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because like as a kid, like my parents went to Club Club Med. Med, You know what I mean? It's a thing. It's a still thing. I don't know. I didn't bother looking it up. I think they exist, but I I don't think it's what it used to be. Club Med was like the first like all all inclusive. Club Med, like the ad was like, this is for young families like come and have your kids taken care of while you're still having yeah. a romantic vocation. I think, it was, I think they were the like the pioneers of all inclusive resorts. Yeah. I think. It's so funny to see an ad for what my parents would have thought and gone. Well it's a trailer yeah, film. It's that. still a trailer It is a movie. movie, right? It is a movie. It's just a movie. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a movie starring Linda Hamilton sat I, at a club I thought you were taking the piss going the ad starring Linda Hamilton. No it's a movie. <laughs> It's an actual movie. It's an actual movie, but the movie just feels like an ad. But the movie is an ad. Like the the whole movie is an ad. To think that there was that much money in Club Med to make a movie, uh, an advertising movie about Club Med. Yeah. That's wild. Have you seen this movie? No. I do remember. I would watch that. I do remember the cover and the trailer. Like I... It seems like a good time. uh, It seems like a terrible movie, but a good time. Troll. Once upon a time when the world was filled with wonder, little creatures shared the earth with humans, and magic was a way of life. Once upon a time is now. The transformation is going to begin on the Witch's Sabbath, the very same day that the Potters move into their new apartment. I've never seen so many guys take so long to move so little furniture. It's all your records, honey. You've got to get rid of some of these records. Sometimes I wonder what I'm going to do. Lord, there ain't no kill for the summertime blues. What the Potters don't know is that they've just moved into the building that is the enchanted gateway to the ancient world of Troll.
Peter expected to have a little trouble getting adjusted in his new neighborhood. But he never expected anything like this. Troll. Troll. What the fuck was this? this it's is, Kids Gateway Horror. It's what we've been wanting. This is, is an, it. Right. This, this is another Charles Band movie. Oh. <laughs> yep. Once Upon a Time is now. Do you guys catch the kid's name? No. no. Oh, you guys missed it in the trailer. Oh, I'm so disappointed because I was expecting your outrage. No. Outrage. I was I was un, I was blindsided by the actual trolls. Trolls. The, okay. The kid's name is Harry Potter Jr. Oh, I did Shut notice that up. actually. I did. I did. I yeah. just wasn't sure if I'd heard it right. Yes. The family the family name is Potter. There's a Harry Potter senior and a Harry Potter Junior in this it's movie. It's the very first Harry Potter movie. That's wild. In his memoir, uh, Band jokes about like it's just a coincidence. That is wild. Yeah. It's almost like maybe there's a deep seated memory somewhere in her in her mind. <laughs> And she's Maybe just she's seen that. this movie. Yeah. Let's not say her name. We'll summon her. Yeah. Um, uh, this was. <laughs> she's not Voldemort. <laughs> she's what? She's kind of is. This was directed by John Carl Beekler, who was a special effects supervisor on Zone Troopers. I've spoken about him before. He's the guy that did special effects on Friday the 13th. Halloween and Nightmare movies. I did like, last time I mentioned him. I listed like all the movies he'd, he'd worked on, and he was a legend in the field. This is a movie he directed. What is what is with Charles Band movies having really great physical effects and like spe- and monster? Because that's what he he needed them to put them in trailers to sell the movie. Right, oh, so that's yeah, where that the spend sense. is. The spend is always on what is the cool thing we can spend money on that looks good that I can put in a trailer that will make people watch the movie, even if everything around it is made of cardboard. Because even <laughs> even in this movie, Bug is a level of quality above what this Everything film is. Else yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there is a notorious sequel to this movie no. called Troll 2 that many people claim is the worst best bad movie ever made. Oh my God. Is it on list? It's an Italian movie. It had an Italian cast and an, uh, sorry, an Italian crew and an English cast, similar to the barbarian situation where there was no communication whatsoever. And it's so incompetently made that there have been rep screenings because everybody gets in a theater and laughs at this movie. uh, (laughs) Charles Band. I don't know if Charles Band had anything to do with this, with this sequel. I'm not positive on that. I don't, I don't really know. Anyway, Charles Band and the barbarians movie has given me such a deep love for terrible Italian cinema. Oh, well, there's a, there's a, that's a whole. We could do a whole podcast it's on terrible. It's fucking Italian. brilliant. It's and like have you been watching more terrible Italian. No, cinema? but I'm, I have a hunger for it. You know <laughs> okay. what I mean? It's just so like it hits that. This is so terrible. And I can't look away. <laughs> like trigger for me, you know? The Barbarians is still one of my favourite films. Well, I'm glad. I'm very happy. I will bring you more Barbarian Brothers as soon. Please as I can. do. Who is going to recap the premise Ooh, of Zone Troopers? Oh, me. Um, yeah. Tim Thomason is in the army. And Do you seem unsure about them? Um, <laughs> they're just out doing army shit and then and then they get lost and then they find an alien. Alright, give me a go. Give me a go. <laughs> you shouldn't even mention World War Two. Yeah. Wait, give me in a go. In the army in World War Two. <laughs> American World War II soldiers caught behind enemy lines, discovers an alien and must like get rid of them so the Nazis don't catch, capture them. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention there's Nazis. Yeah, there is Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, okay. No. That was pretty good. That's probably my best one. Yeah. There is no mention of this movie in the blockbuster. That's well. shit. Oh, no. 
I'd say that that there probably means no that Janet Maslin <laughs> yeah. and no contemporary reviews of any kind. How does that happen? How does it just got, get no... It's d- a straight-to-video release from 1985. Oh, straight-to-video. That right. And also, it didn't hit the way that Future Cop hit. See, this is such a... It, it probably made money on home video. Charles Band probably made all his money before he made the movie on, yeah. on when home video. J- when Charles Band makes movies that end up being straight-to-video All of his movies, movies from basically this point onwards are straight-to-video. Does he know that that's going to be the case before he makes them? Or, yeah. like, or is she making them with the hope that they'll go to no, cinema and then he, he doesn't, doesn't get a cinema? He doesn't care about cinema. He cares about home, home video. Oh, okay. He's a home video filmmaker. This is the kind of niche film that you would assume has a massive, massive following, you know? It's that pulp, comic, 1950s, like... Fantastic fiction yeah. style movie. Possibly one of the problems it might have come across is that it looks older than it is. That is that is so true. I thought this so was a nineteen fifties movie. So when you're in the video store in the eighties and you see this tape, you might not pick it up because you might think you might it's think it's a, a movie from the forties. I'm not going to lie, from, from the forties. I thought this 50s. was going to be a black and white movie. Like, well, I didn't because I'd seen the trailer. But I, 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 I reimagined the trailer yeah. in my mind, black and white. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, is it possible that that's why? Could be because, like, if you look at that cover, it doesn't. Yeah, scream it just didn't. Eighties. Yeah, do it. I what I did find was a TV guide, uncredited stuff review. It's very short, even shorter after I take up the recap. The two genres never successfully mix as a war story overwhelms the science fiction elements. Erstwhile low-budget star, in quotation marks, Thomason, does a nice job as the sergeant, but the film's pace is too slow to generate much interest. I don't necessarily think the pace was slow, was it? Fuck no. See, this is like the perfect example of not meeting the movie at where it's at. This movie knows exactly what it is. It is just a good time. Yeah. Like this is people who want to make movies making a movie essentially for themselves. Feels that way, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My backstory with this movie, I saw this trailer a bunch of times as a kid, but I never saw the movie. When we saw the trailer on front of, on the front of Future Cop, I bought the tape. So this is a fresh watch for me. I'm very but excited. Totally something I should have seen when I was a child. Oh, yeah, I'm you would have loved so it. I'm so excited to yep. hear what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah. So if you want to watch this movie, there is a Blu-ray for Region B that you can find online at all the kind of usual places. It has a commentary track on it as well, I think with Bilson and, and Demio, which would be pretty good. And but interesting. it is getting a little bit harder to find. Where I saw it, it was priced a little priced a little bit high. For some reason, this is not in, it's not on Tubi in, in Charles Band's thing. I'm pretty sure that the rights are owned by MGM for this movie. There must have been mm. a distribution. I think it's part of that distribution deal. So I don't think Charles Band controls the rights of this movie anymore. So as far why. as I can see, it is not streaming anywhere on the internet. So he had a deal with it. I know that from his memoir that he had a deal with MGM in the early days to create content for them to then distribute his movies in the United States. Mm. And then when Empire, which was his first production company, went under, he lost the rights to lots of movies in that library. Shame. He managed to hold on to Future Cop, I think, because it was before Empire was was uh, really a thing or he owned those rights specifically himself. So Yeah, he probably made special, you know, considerations so because he, he was, keep them. Because he was yeah. directing it. So this movie is not streaming anywhere. Just Watch doesn't even know that this movie exists. It's a shame. But it is on the internet in HD if you know where to look <laughs> on a website that rhymes with YouTube. Actually, it's just YouTube. Just watch the movie. On, you can watch the whole movie in HD on YouTube. Yeah. Rhymes with YouTube. 
technically, I suppose it does. I mean, <laughs> it does. It's a very cheap rhyme. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk our way through zone troopers. zone troopers. Zone Troopers. After the credits, the long credits, it's Charles Band movie. He's got to fill yeah. that running time somehow. How good is the fucking music from the music Word Go? Was a surprise. <laughs> it was. It set the vibe right. Yeah. I don't know whether it set the vibe right so much as it set. A vibe that I was not expecting because that yeah. music to me sends you into a room full of people doing swing dancing. Somewhere in Italy, 1944, typing onto the screen, we mm-hmm. pull out from a close up of a science fiction comic called Fantastic Fiction, and very quickly we meet Mittens and Verona, American GIs. Verona! I like Mittens. I like Mittens. They too. have some business where Verona has traded like a girly magazine for mm. some for some luckies, some smokes, and then he trades the smokes with Mittens because he doesn't smoke and for wants, all of his yeah. candy bars. And But we, don't worry, Mittens won't get to smoke many of them. Yeah. It's a full pack of luckies. Um, my note after their business and their back and forth at this point is, this is sick. <laughs> I just love all the business that these characters are having with each other. It feels like theatre. It really does. So true. Especially this first section, but a couple of the times through the film, it just feels very much like a theatre show. The pieces of blocking that aren't the, like, battle scenes where it's like it kind of doesn't make sense spatially, but, like, the the movement of the character pieces in scenes like this one, yeah. it feels like very intentional blocking, like yeah. a theatre stage. Yeah, it's a little bit of that and a little bit of even just the way it's scripted just sounds like theatre to me, mm. like something about the way the characters talk to each other in these non-war bits. Mm. It just feels like... Very true. ...sitting on the side of the stage and they're having a little conversation and then we'll... Mm. And then the lights will come up on the main stage and something else is going to happen over here. Like, it yes, just feels... so true. Theatre. Enter Tim Thomason walking into the spotlight of Sergeant Stone. <laughs> Set you up for that. Wandering around talking to his men. For a sec, I was worried I was going to have to remember the names of a bunch of dudes in identical helmets. And <laughs> then I remembered it was a Charles Band movie and I figured out what was going to happen next. Uh, I'm not going to need to remember these yeah. people's names. <laughs> it's going to be like five people max. <laughs> yeah, like, their radio man can't raise command because of some strange interference on his radio handset. And then we see that Stone and that radio man's compass are acting kind of Screwy. Mm. Not compassing correctly. Mm. I hate it when my compass won't compass. Uh, photographer, Dolan. This is baseball takes, man. Takes, yeah, it's yeah. Ashby from Future Comp, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Biff Maynard takes Biff. Verona and Mitten's photos. He's Charlie Dolan. He's a famous writer working as a war correspondent. <laughs> Carrying a zippo given to him by General Patton. Yeah. Verona is very impressed. Charlie Dolan. The Charlie Dolan? Afraid so. He's the writer guy. All the big papers print his stuff. This is so great. And I, I think this goes back to what you were saying about the, the theatre kind of performance where it's like, it's very, all the things that they're saying, it's just like, this is so campy. Yeah. But it's, it's also super stylized. Yeah. yeah it's, super, it's super stylized. It's very exaggerated gee whiz. Yeah. Hey, yeah. mister, my parents are from, uh, from X New, and Y Jersey, and they're yeah. from Ohio. And everybody is yeah. playing a stock character. Yeah. Everybody yeah. is playing a trope. Young enlisted guy who just wants to make good and wants to be wants to be famous. You've got the hardened sergeant and he, and then his offsider, his offsider sidekick that has a heart of gold. Everybody is a cliche. I feel like because I'm so used to modern day where it's either they're trying to hide how hard they're doing the tropes or they're trying to invert the tropes when it's just like on the face we're slapping you over the face with we're having fun with these tropes Mm -hmm. I'm just having a good time with it Stone is less impressed with Dolan he waves off a request for an interview and we get our first Chekhov's butt me mittens 
Butt me mittens. Sure, Sarge. <laughs> Where he gets a smoke from mittens. Stone then talks to their lieutenant, who is the man in charge. He's got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> the lieutenant, who's a fucking moron, <laughs> hears some marching over a hill and decides that he will run up it to be shot to death by oh advancing God. Nazis. How funny is the marching of the Nazis? In a line, like really <laughs> close together. And there's only like 15 of them. Yeah. It's so funny. It's just the same Nazis over and over again. At this point, I started to realize, is the whole entire movie ADO? ADR? There's a ADR, lot of, sorry. There's a, lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of ADR. I don't think the whole movie is, but there's a lot of ADR. Okay. Yeah. 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 We get an extended gunfight where everybody except for Stone, Mittens, and Dolan and Verona are killed. The first guy to die other than the lieutenant, who's a guy standing up in a Jeep, they get shot. You guys probably didn't spot him. He's Bug. Oh. It's the guy under the makeup later. Oh, yeah. Right. Also, classic Charles Band. There's a lot of pretending to fire guns by shaking them and adding the sound later so that nice. we don't have to spend money on blanks and squibs. Nice. <laughs> the only people that have that are shooting blanks are our heroes. And I love how they don't really know when they're meant to be hit. So, like, throughout the whole movie, really, there's points where, like, bullets are hitting and, like, before they're hit, people are kind of falling. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. There's a lot of that. It is a Charles <laughs> Band movie. Battle scene is a fucking mess, but yeah. it's so much fun. We see what bastards the Nazis are when they kill a Red Cross medic. It's yeah. like, okay, do we? They're Nazis. I mean, how much more do we need? Yeah. Um, Stone, <laughs> so Stone orders his everybody to kind of pull out and retreat to the woods, which they do, but Stone moves into an elevated position in a uh, in like a building and gets behind the Nazis gunning down quite a lot of them. That's the that's our opening salvo. Yeah, he pretty much kills like 30 people. Yeah. Um, and then like a Star Wars kind of uh, soundtrack starts to play. I don't yeah, know if you noticed. Yeah, that comes in a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> well, that hasn't, it actually hasn't happened Happened. Oh, yet. okay, sorry. I but, dropped the gun. But yeah, it's the fucking Imperial March. Yeah. yeah. With like two notes changed. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to cut them both in side by side. <laughs> It is absolutely ripped. I was going to talk about it later. It does happen later, but we can talk about it. But like, really it's, it's actually a thing. Oh, right? they just ripped it. They yeah. just ripped, like they ripped <laughs> the Imperial March. The music for this movie was done by Richard Band. That's the hey. other band that Thank you saw you. in the credits, who is Charles Band's brother. Oh, jobs for the boys. Jobs for the boys. Got to look out for your brother. Yeah. As they regroup, Stone is shot in the back by a Nazi, but he just walks it off. <laughs> All right. Do we think he's immortal? No. Uh, this is where I reveal that Sergeant Stone is basically just DC Comics World War II hero Sergeant Rock. And Sergeant Rock is going to help me make the girl mine, keep us in line. And Sergeant Rock is going to help me make the girl mine, keep us in line. The characterization is 100% the same. They changed his name from Rock to Stone. So what is Rock's deal? Sergeant Rock is like a 50s World War II comic book character that goes on daring missions and gets into like all kinds of misadventures and he always manages to survive because he can take bullets and keep on kicking. They have just stolen that character outright. They changed his name from Rock to Stone. I am having uh, my read, and I accept that fully. Is that he's a model? My read is without putting it in the movie or confirming it at all. They've just made his character this immortal character that just doesn't want to make a big fuss about himself because he's immortal, 
and he just keeps on winning wars and being heroes. I don't want to take your dreams away from you, but you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You do want to take my dreams away from me. (laughs) They're in the clear. Dolan's like super impressed by the stories, that the stories are true, that nothing can kill the Iron Sarge. Boy, Sarge, I crossed you off that time. I guess it's true. Nothing seems to kill the Iron Sarge. What'd I say? I don't want to hear that ration of bull from you or anybody. You know what saved my neck? This helmet, steel, GI, olive drab, government issue. Nothing else. Not luck, not magic, not my guardian angel. Understood? Stone's pissed that Mittenson tried to salvage the radio that had been fucked up by bullets, and he is just a surly, surly man. Mittens finds back that maybe the rest of the boys would still be alive if he hadn't turned down that battlefield commission Ooh. that would have put him in charge. See, see the fact that he we gets just so doing, offensive. We're just doing some hard work in this scene to set up the Sarge. But like <laughs> the thing is, he gets so offended that it's magic and he is like, they clearly this make is, this, this point about him not getting a promotion because he doesn't want to be a big wig. It's about, it's not about that. I like, I love you, but it's, but it's, it's a about, cool read, right? It's, it's, yeah, maybe, I guess it, it's really about him being like, the epitome of a USGI yeah. that doesn't take credit for it, doesn't take credit, is just a good dude and does what needs to be done. And yeah, he can walk off a bullet because he's tough and, yeah. Ameri- and American. I just love the concept of in this sci-fi pulp fiction, okay. he's a there's a character this, that's just this a movie he, Highlander. Highlander yeah, universe? 100%. Wait, I'm confused about the movie. So the cops knew that Internal Affairs was setting them up? What are you talking about? There's nothing like that in there. Well, you see, when I get bored, I make up my own movie. I have a very short attention span. But our point is very simple. You see when- Oh, look, a bird! (laughs) Back to the thing. Dolan is writing down everything they say because he's taking notes. He wants to write a story. Compasses are still screwy. Magnetic ray, perhaps? Get a load of Buck Rogers. <laughs> I love all of this shit. Even in this scene where he's like, guys, can we stop? My dogs are killing me. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. They're lost behind enemy lines. Did they not know where they were before the compasses went screwing? Right? It seems like no. Yep. They've been set up there for what seems like, like they were dug in. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, they were moving. I don't know what direction they were moving in. <laughs> maybe the lieutenant was in charge of the maps. Yeah. They are Oscar Mike. We get a cheap, quicker Predator vision shot of something with a hairy claw in the woods watching them. Yeah. This okay. is two years before Predator. Okay. How is Bug in the forest, but also born from an egg? Not born from an egg. You got confused, sir. They I'm explain it confused. later. And All I'm right. not going to tell you what it is now. All right. Nazis have spotted them. Well, one Nazi <laughs> and another guy, and they lob mortifier at them. Why, why would they lob mortifier at them through, like... Through trees, well, first of all. So that they can hit a massive tree branch that's going to fall on our boys. But then we see the clawed hand use a device that zaps the tree out of existence. Sometimes aliens are the good guys. Mm. Could have been lightning, huh? With not a cloud in the sky and lightning turns things to dust immediately. That night, hold up in a barn. Mittens and Dolan chat about women and then the Sarge. Dolan says that he's not the friendliest guy. Sarge doesn't try to make friends because he doesn't like losing them. And then we find out that Mitten's gun is named Velma after a girl in the neighborhood that beat him up in first grade. Love all of this business. Yeah. And then Stone walks in and Stone hates fun. So he just breaks up the party and sends her around for first watch. He's like, if I was a Nazi, you'd all be dead by now. Yeah. (laughs) Velma was a girl from the neighborhood. 
She beat the crap out of mittens in the first grade. Is that true? <laughs> if I was a crowd, you'd all be dead. Less mouth, more ears. Verona, watch. Yes, sir. But also, they do such a good job of character development in this film for, yeah. for a Charles Band ben movie. Like we get a lot of like who these people are and like dynamics and so true. Didn't think it's of that. It's quite good. On watch, Verona is spooked by a shadowy figure watching them from the dark. Verona's a fucking muppet, and then he walks over there and finds he's the a remnants. He's a muppet. You know, he's a silly. He's a silly boy. He's an absolute idiot. He finds he, the remnants of an egg-like structure. Okay, okay, no, no, no. We need to talk about how he's on fucking watch and he's he, singing and tapping, gets his candy bar out, not looking around at all, and he's like, here's a noise, and yells out, mittens, mittens. <laughs> fucking idiot. Verona goes inside, and then inside Char- Sarge tells him to get back on post, but he has to do something first. He burns his comic book. <laughs> that'll stop you going That'll, that'll stop him yeah. Yeah, from cracking up. The next morning he talks to Dolan because he thinks he's cracking up. He saw something weird. It's okay, going it's just crackers. a moose. It's probably just a moose or something. <laughs> this is why later in the film, uh, what's his name? Not Rock. I'm going to be calling him Rock. Just call him Sarge. I'm going to call him Sarge. Sarge. Sarge has a point that he seems like he's from the CIA. He seems like he's covering shit up from the word go. Yeah. Oh, it could be thunder. Oh, nah, it could be a moose. Like, he seems dodgy from word go. Mittens comes in and tells Dolan it's his turn to go and watch. Mittens just saw a deer, and Dolan convinces them to go to let Sarge sleep while they go hunt for breakfast steaks. Because mm. it's a great idea. But to one make- shot only. They, won't be, they can't try and get, they don't, can't find you from one shot. So dumb. <laughs> so dumb. They're, uh... Tracking the deer, Dolan thinks it's probably headed for water. Min's asks him if he's part Indian. Yeah, my uncle's Mahatma Gandhi. Which the yeah, banter is great. Which, yeah, I laughed, but I didn't feel good about it. So, like, this is the thing. Like, <laughs> at the time, that's kind of like a PC joke. He asked him if he was Indian. They yeah. shouldn't be called Indians. They should be called Native American. So he's saying, like, yeah, I'm actually part Indian. Yeah. Not Native American. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of see that as a... PC way of telling that. Okay, though. sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. For a second, did Mittens believe him? Yes. Verona is playing dice baseball. That's so adorable. With yeah, his baseball cards cute. and some rocks. He's it's so cute. Up. Okay, that's two men on, two out, bottom of the ninth. Stand the man. It's up to you or the cards are sunk. It's the wind up. The pitch. I can't believe that this man isn't dead yet. Yeah, I know. How has he survived any kind of like combat? Because um, he's probably very good at combat. He's, he's just also nice at having fun, making his own entertainment. He's the heart. That's why he survived. Exactly. Yeah. Sarge thinks that Verona is a screwball. Gee whiz. Verona knocks on Dolan and Mittens being on safari. They find a Nazi camp. It's SS, the big boys. And yeah, this is where the score is just the Imperial March. Yeah. This is the section. Camp's mostly empty, so Dolan wants to go in and find whatever it is that they're up to. They bicker. Mins won't let Dolan go, so he goes, well, I'm just going to go take a leak first. Yeah, and just take a leak in. near the bad guy base. Don't just hold it and get back to where we need to go. Yeah. Meanwhile, Stone and Verona out looking for <laughs> the other guys find a strange gizmo in the woods that's cold to touch. Well, what's that thing? I know, it looks like it was burned. What is it, hot? Cold. So cold it hurt. Funny looking gizmo. Part of an engine, maybe? 
I don't know, but I don't like it. Come on. Back with mittens, he watches as Dolan sneaks into the camp. Son I just realised. I just realised stone and rock. Oh, of course. You just realised. I just it just clicked. Just it just <laughs> when I put such a button on it, I know. But they changed his name <laughs> from rock to stone. Yes, yes, guys, that is what I just did. That oh. took a very long time to land. <laughs> Your face right now. Oh, just disbelief. Sorry, oh, I'm so sorry. I feel like I've let the team well, down. We all know who's the Verona of the podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dolan sneaks into a tent where he finds photos of what looks to me like production artwork of a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Band just using something he had to create for two purposes. It's it's just fucking production art. Yeah. yeah, for sure. yeah like there course. are like schematics and but things. That, that and happens in movies a lot, I feel like. It's so just so blatantly obvious. It looks like a mood board for the spa- the production design's mood board for yeah. the spaceship. <laughs> there are so paint true. swatches. Yeah. yeah. The colors of the paint. Like, it is so obvious they just went to the art department, <laughs> picked up a board, and put it into this fucking tent. It would have been dope if they had the cover of the, 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 movie. the poster on yeah. the board. <laughs> yeah. Dolan thinks it might be some new kraut weapon. There's a lot of use of the of the term kraut for yeah. the Nazis in this movie. Is that a not okay word? Uh, I like, think in World War II it's okay. Yeah, but, like, currently. You no, don't call not. Germans krauts now. But no. like if you're referring to... Given Kira's German heritage, no. Yeah, but like, it, okay, so it is a slur. Yeah. Right, okay. Because I've never used somebody, it. It's, it's, calling somebody it's, sauerkraut. <laughs> okay. And it's not... You, you it's, don't, not it's not it's a not term, a term of, of endearment. <laughs> yeah, true. Right, right, right. Okay. Verona is annoying the shit out of Sarge as they are looking around. Finding other parts. He has real insight on uh, sci-fi technology. He does, yeah. I'm surprised they weren't, um, Sarge wasn't more kind of twigged by the whole it's so cold it hurt me thing that I found in the forest. It's just like, weird Nazi shit. I love that line <laughs> though. The In any sci-fi uh, stuff where it's like it's, cold and not hot. Mm. I just love that plane. came from space. Yeah, it's like it's subverting our understanding. Yeah. yeah. Verona is like, oh, I'm going to go look at the top of that hill and Sarge is like, yeah, fucking go. <laughs> it's not even a hill. <laughs> and then he walks up the hill and calls out because he has found a crash rocket ship. I was surprised by the scale of the rocket. Thank you. They walked down to the rocket and I kept on expecting it to not get bigger and it got <laughs> bigger. And I, for a second, I wondered if they pulled a Ridley Scott how do you mean? Guys, yeah, I was waiting for the question. Where it was just a 2D thing? No, 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 no. So one of the things that they did in Alien, because they could only build the landing leg of the Nostromo with a certain scale because of, because yeah. of budget, and also the Alien ship, Ridley thought it was too small to sell the scale that he wanted. So he had the art department make child-sized space suits and then shot his kids I love uh, that. Doubles for the I never crew. Knew you that. have told me that. Yeah, that's fantastic. That and is it, one piece it of like triple the, the, si- the children. They're like seven or eight years old. It triples the size of the landing leg. That's dope. So I thought for a second that they'd done that. It's fucking massive. But then they got up to it, and I was like, holy shit. No, they really just built a massive fucking rocket ship. There's where all the money is in this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's clearly it's clearly like not got a back to it because they shoot it from the same, the same angle. angle. They never, shoot it. They never shoot it from a different angle at all. Yeah. yeah. But you do um, that with sets as well. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and they still had like the base of it so they could like interact with they it. They dug a massive fucking hole. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking amazing. It's really good. Back in the tent in the Nazi camp, Dolan is fucking around. And knocks a projector on. 
we get some shots of the rocket ship telling us that the Nazis have already found it and also getting the Nazis' attention. Mm. The two Nazis that are in this camp, there's only yeah. two of them. <laughs> Mittens kills one of them, saving Dolan's bacon as more Nazis arrive back at the camp and they are quickly captured when Dolan is shot in the shoulder. Verona and Sarge, positive about what the thing is. I mean, it's a fucking rocket ship. Yeah. They try to get inside and then- Sometime, uh, possibly a new type of Zeppelin. It's a new type of Zeppelin, yeah. <laughs> Verona ends up opening a uh, hatch that he just goes straight into. He's like, yeah. I've got to see what's inside. So I'm yeah. just like, can we, like, oh, okay, it's too late, we're in. There's <laughs> like two two moments here where it's just like, and they all died of alien cancer. <laughs> like, no one's thinking about like. Radiation? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess it's the, it's the, it's the 1940s. I mean, yeah. The nuke hasn't been dropped yet. Yeah, true. It's not that much of a concern that just is yet. Very true. Inside, they find a really long corridor bathed in purple light. I like the design of the corridor. Mm-hmm. It is very much Ridley Scott's alien. Yeah, in terms of the design, <laughs> they, it's also sloping down because of the because of the rocket. So they have trouble navigating it. It's so well put together. This part. Yeah, Verona almost falls through a grate. I that love. drops away, but Sarge saves him. This is brilliant where it's like, oh, do you think it will support our weight? Yeah, of course. And then straight through. Sarge wants to get out, but Verona insists that they keep looking. Where's your sense of adventure? Mm. They find an engine room that seems to be humming away or, you know, like phasing out of sync or something. (laughs) And then through another door, they find the burnt husk of the pilot and it is not human. It um, looks like alien. a thing that when was, saw last When night. was Alien made? <laughs> Long before this. Oh, oh. Aliens nine in, is 1978. Shut up. Yeah. Holy fuck, that movie stands <laughs> up so incredibly well. It is, in fact, a masterpiece. It fucking blows me out. Every single bit of that movie is wild. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, well. same, it's same. just the best. It's- that and The Thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. So Verona thinks it's the thing that he saw when he was on watch last night. They're on a rocket ship or something from Mars. So I just still kind of a non-believer. Verona just starts flipping switches. <laughs> he turns on a light, but it also locks the door. Yeah. <laughs> I assumed I was like thinking about it. I was like, that doesn't make sense. But that doesn't like, seem like a good yeah. way for that to work. You turn on the like, light. You know how it's you dark. lock cockpit doors? It's dark. Getting into the room, you have to find a switch and it turns on the lights, but it also locks you in. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make a total sense. There's an empty seat. There must be a co-pilot. And then Verona steals a alien device off the charred corpse. The device itself is not charred. I'm still lost as to what is going on with the egg. <laughs> if that was the co-pilot in the woods. Yeah, that was the co-pilot in the woods. Okay. Yep. I don't know what's going on. Right, that's fine. <laughs> it's a Charles Band movie. Sometimes you're not meant to know. Okay, okay. They find a periscope. I Maybe it's Verona. some kind of periscope. Yes, it is a periscope. It is a periscope. <laughs> I love the delivery. I do love the way the deliverer, uh, the Verona delivers. Was it made for a human head, Sarge? Because <laughs> it's too wide. It's, too yeah. wide. it's still got two eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Outside, the Nazis are here to ruin everything. <laughs> they roll up. Everything in this is so much fun. Yeah. They enter the ship. Sarge is ready to fight because he's got plenty of ammo. But Verona thinks like a Martian and finds a vent they can escape through. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fucking hell. They exit out the back through a pipe that looks like it's probably some type of exhaust pipe. Yeah, because you want to have an exhaust pipe to the main control room. <laughs> very strange. How good, how good is uh, Stone getting in the pipe and screaming straight yes, away? Yeah. So much fun. So they come out the back of the rocket as the Nazi command uh, commander, who we later meet, is being told in 
in German about Dolan being captured, but Verona overhears it and he sees it, sees something that will become important in a second. The commander leaves in a sidecar of a motorcycle, so he's not there anymore. Yeah, also the sidecar motorbike and yes. the sidecar motorbike with the tank wheel on it. Yes. I thought that was a bit impressive to have in a Charles Band movie. They, it's, they were probably just laying around Italy and they went and got them. Yeah, okay, And they fair. just probably repainted them. Yeah, fair. Like, at that point, that stuff's still around. You reckon? It's the 80s, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sarge wants to blow the ship, but Verona has stars in his eyes about it being from another planet. He's so right, though. It's bigger than the fucking World War II. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like Don't blow this yeah. shit up, man. Sarge like, doesn't care where it, come, where it came from. If the Nazis want it, he's going to stop them from having it by dropping a pineapple in the tailpipe and blowing it sky high. Uh, for our Australian listen, listeners, when he says pineapple, he, he does not mean, mean a $50 note. <laughs> <laughs> he means a grenade. Yeah. <laughs> I had to actively think about that. I was like, pineapple. Uh, um, yeah. And I, I'm glad that he knew about Again, how just, Sorry, just work. to explain to the international audience, in Australia, a $50 <laughs> note is the color of a pineapple. And therefore, we refer to them as pineapples. Yes. Yes. Which is fucking dumb. 20s are red and therefore lobsters or lobbies um what else are there <laughs> no uh, that's enough of the australian content um you but yeah safe. i i love that i love that uh sarge had such an intimate understanding of how alien technology works that he knew that he could blow up the whole ship well he yeah well he they've been in the engine room and so he kind of figures that if he blows the engine then it's probably i mean the on. engine would be the most important yeah, thing they lob a grenade in and take cover and the rocket explodes like it is made of gasoline yeah. that's a large explosion <laughs> That explains why they had such a big exhaust pipe. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Clearly a lot of toxic gases going on in there. Yeah. yeah. Verona tells Sarge that the Nazi commander had Dolan's lighter, so they plan to follow the bike and cut it off through the woods at the Nazi camp at night. They're unloading a cage and inside is the alien. Mm. Mm. Not an egg. Not an egg. Well, like Smile, explain the eggs. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really feeling like, so out of the loop on that one. <laughs> and it's really not that complicated. There's literally a line of dialogue that explains it. I must have missed it. Fuck. Mittens and Dolan are being kept in a dog kennel. Dolan is yapping at the Nazis about the Geneva Convention. And Great Nazi bit of business. And blows smoke <laughs> in his face. Hey, Hans. Under the terms of the Geneva Convention, you are required to treat prisoners of war by giving them warm food adequate shelter and everything else that goes along with that convention do you you're off my christmas list pal great bit of business with them being locked in the dog kennel like i just thought that was a good idea you're off my christmas list pal (laughs) (laughs) the commander nazi commander colonel Mannheim. Questions them and then has them beaten by a larger German officer when they won't answer his questions. Oh, wait, before we go any further, sure. in the dog kennels, he's talking to them about in the Geneva Convention. Yeah. Isn't the Geneva Convention, didn't that come out of World War Two? thought it came out of World War One. Oh. Oh. Were the, were, not when a, the Geneva not a, trial, when the trials held at Geneva I thought it was for after. the Nazis? No, that's the Nuremberg trials. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. My bad. Could be wrong. Could if be wrong. Not, we won't old business it next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mittens, tough guy, is it? He won't talk. He just keeps on repeating his serial number. Dolan will talk. Dolan's quite happy to talk. They ask about the rockets and where the rest of the soldiers are, and then Dolan 
in fact, decides to tough guy out. And so he's a civilian. That's why he's got a gun. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's the whole thing where he's meant to be a journalist. And yeah. uh, journalists generally didn't pick up weapons and fight. They usually just wrote with their pens. Yeah. And pencils. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Minz is knocked out cold. Mannheim is called away to look at the alien, and it is turned into an egg. Right. It hatches suddenly and grabs him. Why was it born with clothes? Shh. It has not been born. Okay. I'll explain the egg thing when we get to the egg thing. Thank you. Okay, you're going to be okay. <laughs> they also do do of like a, basically like a fun alien-like effect where the egg is glowing before they touch it. Yeah. And the egg is very much just a scaled-up version of the egg from Alien. Yeah, the effects <laughs> the in this version. is crazy, though. Well, it's it's, it's John Kyle Beekler, who I've talked about. Yeah. I just talked about he directed, yeah. he directed Troll. He's like a good, like a legitimately good special effects Was guy. Was this the same guy who did the Wolfman effects that brought... In Meridian? No, that's a different... A okay, different sorry. Different guy. By then, John Kyle Beekler has moved on. Okay. Yeah. Manholm has Dolan brought into the tent where the alien is in a cage and ask him what he knows about the creature. And Dolan... Doesn't know anything, but Manhunt doesn't believe him. And then Adolf fucking Hitler arrives at the camp to see the alien. I, yep. I have oh a question. <laughs> I really want to talk about the Hitler thing, but why is the Nazi commander scratched up? I don't know. Yeah. Do we feel like I, maybe there was, there's something missing? Yeah. Maybe the alien, maybe there's a scene where they capture the alien, the alien hurts yeah, him. Okay, yeah. Okay. So he's got big it, scratches on his face yeah. and it's never explained why. Okay, cool. I'm yeah. glad that, that I didn't miss another <laughs> thing. No. They bring Hitler in to see the alien. <laughs> this is the best. They he's talk so about short. it. It's all in German, unsubtitled. Did yep. you translate it? No, uh-huh. uh, I did not. But I get the impression they're talking about bringing the alien to Berlin because they say the word Berlin. <laughs> Hitler comes back into the room with Dolan and Mittens. Hitler looks at their dog tags and he makes fun of Mittens' names, uh, Mikensky or Mitten or. Mitski or whatever his Mittens' real last name is. Is it because it's a Jewish name? And it's because it's a Jewish name. Right. Yeah. Uh. And then Mittens wake up and cold cocks Hitler. Yep. <laughs> It's a fucking brilliant piece of film. Pinch me, Dolan. <laughs> did I just KO Hitler? You sure did, champ. Oh, even in this moment where it's clearly like not someone like looking to the camera. This is a moment looking to the camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even in this moment, it feels they're like fucking such very characterised and it just living like in it. It feels like such a Charles Band movie to go, yeah, let's put Hitler in there and let's have somebody <laughs> hit Hitler. This is dead set. Like they mentioned Buck Rogers before, but this is dead set like someone in a comic book hitting, hit, oh, yeah. knocking Hitler out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This like moment. in a piece of like comic book propaganda. Yeah. Yeah, where, you know, someone like Sergeant Rock, you know, yeah. breaks into the eagle's nest and, <laughs> and decks Hitler <laughs> for America. Yes, exactly. This whole bit, though, the back and forth with uh, with Mittens and Algerno. Fuck. Dolan. With Dolan. They're back and forth and being the tough guy, talking to the interrogators, Hitler rocking up and being the smallest dude ever, and then getting cold cocked by Mittens and him going, did I just do that? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, but now you're going to die. And they're like, hey, it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Best piece of fucking cinema. Hitler throws a hissy fit and leaves as Dolan and Mittens smirk at each other. And we get a TV style fade to black. We really like do. Like we were going to an ad break. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Such an ad break. <laughs> With a music sting and everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's literally like a Hogan's Heroes ad break. It really is. Didn't even clock with me, hey, but yeah. The next day, the alien is being loaded onto, is still in its cage, is being loaded onto the back of a truck when Verona, in a German uniform, shows up at the kennel 
they've got a plan to get them and the spacemen out of here. Mittens tells him that he decked Hitler and Verona thinks that he's cracks. Hey, Joey. Mittens. You okay? In the pink. I decked Hitler. That bad, huh? Did you explain why the egg? Not yet. I'm going to get to it when we get to it. Oh, I thought it was going to be There is a line of dialogue that explains the egg. (laughs) I have said this to you several times now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It hasn't happened yet. (laughs) Uh, Did you get it? Did you get the egg? Don't tell me what what it is, but do you think that you got it, Kira? Yeah, I think I'm okay with the egg. (laughs) Right. Okay. A large officer comes over to Verona and asks him something in German. Jar, jar. Another question. Jar, jar. And it goes on. He just says, jar. 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 Chair. Jar. Jars. Jar. Chair. I feel like this is a bit that you guys do at home. (laughs) It might be. Why not? Jar. Yard. Verona knocks him out and unlocks the kennel. They make Ian has no respect for my German heritage. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> all right. This whole sequence, when when you get to it, and also the sequence before with like Hitler and and being in the compound, was it before or after Indiana Jones? Because it's giving me hard Indiana Jones vibes. Raiders of the Lost Ark was made in 1980. Ah, so this is lifting from it. I feel. I think we've already got Temple of Doom by this point. Yeah. Yeah. 85. So like the the one punch like knockouts and like the beat 'em up fashion. They're like yeah. I the, mean the drawing even from the, the same. The drawing from the same type of thing. Yeah. Which is like fifties pulp. Well, and thirty. Well, Indian Jones is more like thirty serials, but he does fight Nazis, so it's like and like how you give us the camp, and then we're running around the camp in different parts. Yeah. Like it feels very Indiana Jones. A, a little Indiana Jones. Yeah. yeah. They unlock the kennel and make their way to the truck that Sarge is already in. The Germans sound the alarm and our boys try to escape with Sarge driving and he just drives through the camp. So much fun. Killing Nazis and blowing up tents. Why is he knocking down the fucking tents? tents? I don't know. No Why point. is there nothing in those tents? It seems to be tents? very yeah. much intentional. I'm just going to drive around and knock over all these tents yeah. on my way out. Yeah. They end up crashing the truck and a Nazi with a rocket launcher is about to take them out. And then the alien five finger discounts back the device the Verona stole and uses it. (laughs) There's like orange lightning and then the truck glows orange and the rocket disintegrates on impact. And I guess it was the only rocket that Nazi had because he just disappears. Um, Just so you know, in my notes, because I thought he just came out of an egg fully clothed. I was like, wasn't he just born? How does he know how to use the technology? (laughs) They back the truck up and drive away. Down the road, they abandon the truck in the middle of the road so the, and sabotage it to create a roadblock. So mm. I just figured out where they are because after they blew up the ship, compasses work now. Yeah. Yay. He starts ordering people around and then spots the alien and then just rolls with it. He just yep. shakes his head and walks, walks away. Doesn't even acknowledge the fact that there is an alien person. Great choice. Great fucking choice. They find a tomb. One of them dare tombs. One of them dare tombs. <laughs> so a hole up in overnight. Mintz doesn't want to go in out of respect for the dead or maybe fear of the dead. So he waits outside and this goes on forever. He's yeah. just standing there and he's just like getting more and more scared. As he starts hearing wolves howling and animals moving around and then he ducks into the tomb. But like, is his bit in everything that he does? Because everything that I've seen him in is to basically act like a cartoon character. Yeah. Like, that's exactly who he is. Yeah. <laughs> He's like Abbott and Costello. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Great man. Inside the tomb, 
Dolan and Mittens stare at Bog, chatting about how wild it is that they've kind of found an alien. Sarge asks Dolan to take a walk with him. Verona and Mittens break out the rations and discuss where he's from. Mittens thinks he's from Venus and Verona thinks he's from Mars. Get a clue. You know there's no life on Venus. He's definitely from Mars. Yeah, that's a great accent. Yeah, <laughs> it's as good as he is. And this is where Sarge accuses Dolan of being army intelligence and knowing more about what's going on than he's said. Dolan's big reveal is he's there to write about Sarge. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I think all of this is bullshit. The Iron Legend of the Iron Sarge, who somehow never gets killed despite his feats of daring do and disregard for his own life. But why does he not keep fucking dying? Because he's an American hero. Yeah. Because he's Sergeant Rock. I like I like Sergeant Stone's take on this movie where He's trying to hide at being an immortal and Dolan's a secret CIA operative. Well, this is why you weren't allowed to have nice things. <laughs> What's all this crud about Mittens, Deck and Hitler? So good. So good. I love that it's like, yeah, it actually happened. Yeah. And even the Sarge is like, I can't believe that fucking happened. <laughs> yeah. Bug isn't eating. And then Mittens goes to light a lucky and Bug swipes it and eats it. He likes tobacco. Doctors in all branches of medicine, doctors in all parts of the country were asked, what cigarette do you smoke, Doctor? Once again, the brand named most was Camel. Yes, according to this repeated nationwide survey, more doctors smoke Camels than any other cigarette. Why not change to Camels for the next 30 days and see what a difference it makes in your smoking enjoyment? See how Camels agree with your throat. See how mild and good tasting a cigarette can be. Which I thought was pretty cool. It would have been the only thing cooler would have this been is if things, Bug lit it and started smoking. <laughs> things get a little strange here because yeah. he wants more tobacco. And so he offers a trade. He materializes an alien gizmo. Yeah. What the fuck is this piece of I, technology? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Like the more you think about it, the more confusing this piece of technology is. Don't think right? about it. They make a trade <laughs> for this device, right? The fucking, they turn the device on. Oh, Jesus Christ. They turn the device on and it hits a doorway that glow starts glowing. It bounces green. off off Verona's head Brain, and yeah, then hits yeah, yeah. the doorway. And it hits the doorway. So it's making whatever's in your head reality. And then a uh, swell looking redheaded dame, dream girl, comes through and Verona just starts making out with her. Yeah. And then uh, very concerningly, Mittens gets up to uh, and brushes his hair to go over there as well. Yeah. He tries to cut in. Way off, Lunkhead. You cramp in my style. Yeah. I love how Verona just has these moments of being like not in the army and just like talking to another dude. Mittens takes the device off him and pushes some buttons. Oh, well, he starts concentrating, hoping they can get a blonde in here. Yeah, that's right. And it just causes the redhead to disappear. And Verona is annoyed. What What was that? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But like, if we just for a second think about what that technology is, it's like, was it? Makes your dreams happen. It just manifests yeah. your. Is it bringing your desire into life? And I does guess that so. mean it's obviously if it's a you dream. hold on to that device, does it permanently stay in existence? I don't think it's and permanent. I think it's like a short term. Like, here's the thing of your dreams. Yeah. And, but, like, what is this used for an alien who, like, to probably doesn't. The humans. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the more to you think about. Slave humanity. What this device is and why Bug had it on hand. Listen. You've got to well, read. He materialized it. It's not like he pulled it out of his pocket. He oh, he it. did materialize it. Yeah, yeah, good pull. Okay. So you've got to read on this movie where, like, you know, there's army intelligence and <laughs> sizes and a model and whatever. My read on this movie is that this is a recon mission and Bug is coming back to take over the fucking planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
when they look, Bug is holding a gun, yeah. but is trying to communicate <laughs> with them. Sarge, who's back with Dolan, wants to tie him up. Oh. But Verona empathizes with Bug. They're both caught in a strange land where they don't speak the language and people want to kill them. Wait, wait, wait. I love how Bug's choice to communicate that he's a soldier is to grab their weapon and point it at them. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I don't trust Bug as far as not I could throw him. Not I at all. Even less as, after we meet his friends. I don't trust friends. him as far as I could kick his, kick his egg. Yeah. <laughs> Sarge softens, and while everybody is sleeping, there's a little moment between Sarge and Bug. Mm-hmm. And he Bug's shivering, so Sarge puts a blanket around them. Which is very nice. In the morning... They find the remnants of an egg he must make them to sleep in. Uh, it's a sleep cocoon. It's a form of hibernation. Oh, I miss that entirely. <laughs> miss that entirely. It's like Fuck. a sleeping bag. Why didn't they explain it when it was first introduced? Because it's meant to be mysterious. You're not meant to know what the egg is. And why was the egg there at night when Verona saw him? It was the remnants of the egg. He had been sleeping. Oh, oh, okay, okay, I'll go with that, okay. <laughs> Bug has bugged out, and they decide to see if they can find him heading towards the rocket. He doesn't know that they blew it up. Mm. <laughs> they blew up his ship. They don't have to search for very long because they find another ship, Bug and more aliens. These ones have ray guns and a more humanoid with blue skin and blonde hair because they can only afford to build one Bug costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how early this introduces like it's kind of a more modern thing in sci-fi showing like a completely different female and male to a species well he's a different species uh she bug as we will find out is a completely different species than these other aliens i thought i thought they said that she was a female of the species no they say it's a female and they say it's a thracian which is another like another species we're dealing with two different types of aliens Oh. Yes. Oh. Which we haven't got to yet, but, you know. Okay. But that's interesting. Okay, cool. Their ship is more like a kind of like a shuttle transport and you stand Mm. on the fucking outside of it, which is a little weird. Um, That feels dangerous. That feels like you're going to fall off in the middle of space. I'm sure that there's some type of field that prevents one falling off into space. Almost like a false field? Yes. like Not a grassy field? I don't want to be on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) How many kids do I have? (laughs) Verona makes friends with one of the aliens that has a ear translator with a, like this radar it's a lot of lot of business yeah, yeah. i like this and, and i like how he, that we can finally get some actual some conversation, conversation and yeah. explanation from yeah but people. do we we just get one line yeah so Dolan asks <laughs> where they're from things. they yeah. don't want to answer verona wants to know how their ray guns work mittens wants to know if they have any blondes yeah one of the humanoids speaks the thracian is a female meaning bug geez we never thought of that <laughs> Ah, yeah. I didn't get that. It was like a noun, the Thracian. Yes. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. They shake hands with Bug, who seems to be thanking them because they're all going to leave. And through this, Stone is just kind of watching them dumbfounded. Joey calls calls her ma'am. Yeah, Mm. still annoyed. He yells at them for not sticking around. His men risk their lives for Jiminy Cricket here. (laughs) Jiminy Cricket. While he's ranting, a German tank comes over a hill. Sarge yells for them to all take cover, including the aliens. Verona runs to Bug, who's still standing on the deck of the shuttle. The tank fires. It hits the side of the rocket, and Verona is thrown off. Bug is pissed off and uses a device that makes the temp tank just orange zap out of existence. Yep. And Verona's hurt real bad. So bad that he isn't going to make it. They talk to him as he goes. Mr. Dolan. I'm right here, kid. Never got that interview, did we, boy? 
You're gonna write about all this, ain't ya? Sure, kid. Sure. So the, so the guys at home will know. Joey Verone met the men from space. Yeah. That is the end of that is the end of Paul Verona. Yeah. Joey Verona met the men from space. Bug didn't come and comfort him, and the line at the funeral scene is very poignant when they're just like, "Well, they probably could have fixed him, maybe," and they fucking didn't. Yeah, they bury him. Mittens asks if they should say a prayer, and Sarge thinks it's too late for all that. Mittens takes Verona's helmet, and they do a little salute to him. Mm. And then Dolan runs in because the Nazis are coming to ruin everything. Sarge talks to the aliens as they are repairing their ship and tells them that if they join them, they can ambush the Nazis in the meadow and get the best of them. Not only being eight of them, but it should be okay. And then the lead alien tells them that they will not help them kill their own kind. So they're not yeah, going mean, to get involved they just in your, did. In your war. <laughs> Mittens kind of gives them what for. The Nazis ain't our kind, pal. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the three of them versus the, the Nazis to stop the Nazis from getting to the aliens. We get our final battle. But we they do see up, we do see bugs tra- talking to them, talking to the other aliens yeah. before yeah. we cut away from him, which is good. Yeah, I just really appreciate the plan that our uh, soldiers come up with to stop the Nazis, which is just to open fire on them with all their bullets and and, and all stand behind stand the same one, log. One, yeah, well, it's one wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's great. They um it's a very well thought out plan. Yeah, yeah, they open fire on the Nazis that are crossing the meadow. They push them back, but then yeah, they're out of lemo and they've only got one grenade. Sarge just saving it for something special. They have to hold them off until the rocket takes off. I don't know how the fuck they're going to do that. The Nazis pop smoke and hide their advance charging. Sarge and the boys kill as many as they have bullets. And then Mannheim rolls in and they raise the white flag. They want to talk surrender with Mannheim. Where do you think they got the white flag from? I don't know. Um, it's probably one of just carry one with you. <laughs> just in case, you, just in case you need to surrender. I mean, I've got one on me now. <laughs> um, Who would you be surrendering to? Well, I'm never going to surrender to anybody, but that's a different story. <laughs> just no, like to be no, prepared. Ret- no retreat, no surrender. It's <laughs> a John Claude Van Damme. <laughs> no retreat, no surrender. I thought he was going to pull the pin. And hold the grenade to the commanding officer's neck. Well, spoilers. It's like a hostage thing. Yeah. So Sarge well, if he comes, pulls the pin, then that wouldn't be a There's still the handle. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. The trigger. Sarge comes out of cover with his hands on his head. Mannheim and him meet in the meadow. And the soldier frisks Sarge, who is, yeah, he's John McClaning a grenade. Yeah. You think I am, Mr. Falcon? Manholm says if they lead them to the creatures, they will give them free passage back to their lines. And Sarge tells him that he has a deal. So they go to shake on it. And Sarge grabs him and jams the grenade down his coat and it blows up, killing them both. Do you guys think they'd really killed Sarge? Fuck no. Not really, because he didn't <laughs> blow. Like they say that he blew to pieces, but you actually but just see him you fall. See him fall like yeah. Yeah. be blown back, and yeah. like for all intensive purposes, he's immortal. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like even narratively, if he's not actually immortal, we're told again and again that, that he, he keeps, can't be. That yeah. he keeps on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, at the, kind, time, kind of but at the same time, it is a Charles Band movie, so there was a part of me that was like, it might just not look very good, but he <laughs> might actually be dead. <laughs> yeah, very accurate. Is it is it storytelling or is it incompetent filmmaking? We'll uh, never know. <laughs> Shots yeah, fired. Very accurate. Good job. The Nazis we still love you, Charles Band. The Nazis yeah. flee. Mittens wants to go get Sarge, but there can't be much of him left. 
and they're about to leave when it seems like a bunch of other Nazis have flanked them because they're directly behind them in the woods. They're about to be shot and killed when Zap... It turns out that the alien ray guns work by jump cutting you out of existence. Yes, thank you. Every single jump it's cut. so bad. Every single one they've moved at some Everything, point. The camera's moved, all the <laughs> soldiers have moved. So uh, Bug hands them ray guns and Dolans and Min start jump cut- cutting Nazis as well. If we had 100 of these peace shooters, our boys would be home by Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> the, others, the other aliens join in and they jump cut fucking everybody. I love how in That's this moment. That's cooking bughead. I love how in this moment they took the time to go, oh, how do you hold this thing? Oh, you hold it like this. <laughs> Instead of just going, yeah, take a gun it's and a fucking, fucking shoot. Gun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, the jump cutting annoyed the shit out. Like, yeah. I was like, come on, seriously. Oh, I loved it. And this is one of those movies where it's just like it again, trances too. Like the the shittiness makes it you again. Know what I mean, is it is it bad filmmaking or is it a Charles Band movie? Yeah, <laughs> like wasn't it an intentional choice? <laughs> wasn't it? I, I we'll don't never think know. so. I, I think it would have been worse if it was an intentional choice. It was but just like, that that subtle movement that is like yes, you can see subtle. that. But it's Some not people move so far. So there's a few that are cameras moved as well. Like. Okay, you so can keep the camera still pretty easily. Well, yeah. well, that's the thing about it, right? Is maybe it is maybe that's what sells it as being deliberate because we know how you would do that, right? Yeah, yeah. you just get people to freeze in place, and the guy that's being shot walks out of frame. And yeah. this, this is the thing, like Charles Band, like and like fair enough, it probably is just shitty filmmaking. But my thinking is, is Charles Band knows what films he makes, right? He Charles makes Band's these there. He's a producer, not a true. Well, it could be on set. We don't know. We don't know. But anyway, like these are those types of movies where they know what type of film they're making, right? And it's like, is the psychology behind it like we're going to deliberately make this effect worse to sell that this is a shitty, fun, campy movie? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, except that they didn't really do that. It's, I feel like if that was their plan, they would have done more of that all the way. For the other yeah, disintegrations. true, true. Yeah, and the other ones work fine. Do we think that when people disappear out of existence, are they being transported somewhere? Ooh, are they no, being vaporized? They're being a slave force, and they're actually are taking they, them away. This is just going completely off the rails. They're just being. Are they rewriting? It's a ray gun. They're being vaporized. Are they rewriting time? See, and that's the, why there's a jump a- cut. These people never existed. Okay, that if night, it, Dolan it was, thinks um, I'm... If it was a modern movie <laughs> and they were being vaporised, there'd be some sort of, like, smoke or something. Yeah, yeah. and when they vaporise the tree, there's dust. Brody, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> that night, Dolan thanks the aliens for saving their butts and they prepare for the rocket to leave. Mittens has graffitied the rocket that Kilroy was here. <laughs> I know Kilroy. What is Kilroy? Oh, well, here's the explanation for you. So <laughs> it's a World War II meme. Yeah. Yeah, the GIs would put everywhere. Its origins are kind of like subject for debate by World War II scholars, but GIs would put it pretty much everywhere. They think it may have been two separate things that eventually got merged together. Right. So that little picture of the dude is kind of killed. It's like a nose and a Looking over a wall. Looking over a wall. Kind of a game to put it in the craziest place that you could. Apparently Stalin found one in his VIP bathroom at the Potsdam conference after the war. Fuck. (laughs) Well, that's fantastic. That's mad. (laughs) And he asked... Who is Kilroy? <laughs> that is mad. Yes. There is an Anzac version. Welcome back, mates. Australian content I Yeah. There is an Australian version that predates Kilroy. It's Foo was here. F-double-O. Ah. Foo was another name for a gremlin that was used by the Australian Air Force. Yeah, the and gremlins it, on the plane. And it yeah, dates I back to that. World War One. It could yeah. have also been a forward operating officer. 
Ah. So that's what we did too. We, we did that during World, we War, during World War One. That is the end of the Australian content. It's safe to <laughs> The ship takes off glowing blue so that it can be animation and they don't have to shoot a rocket disappearing into space. Fair enough. That's mm. why it's glowing blue. But yeah, how did they get the how did they get the blue orb into space? Alright, I've had too much sugar. <laughs> Nazi technology. Okay. <laughs> Dolan and Mittens walk down a dark road, having a little bit of a chat. They're on their way back. They should breach their lines pretty soon. Mittens tells Dolan that he should write about this for Sarge and Verona. Dolan is pretty dubious. No one will believe him. There's no evidence. His editor would throw him in a loony bin. I mean, there's only the pieces of like technology that Verona found throughout the countryside. Well, they don't have, they don't have those. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Mittens should also lay off telling people that he socked Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Mittens suggests that Dolan write it for one of those crazy science fiction magazines Verona loved. And he goes, hey, that's worth a try. Surely they'd have to debrief someone about this mission, though. Mittens has one last smoke and is about to light it, but they spot somebody standing in the road. Well, I'll be damned. Bite me, Mittens. <laughs> the manliest man that ever manned. It's Sarge's it, back. It's the Sarge. <laughs> it's Sergeant Rock. I mean, Stone. <laughs> Gentlemen, move out. And then we iris out to see a copy of Fantastic Fiction written by Dolan with the title Zone Troopers. Zone Troopers. Zone Troopers. Roll credits. <laughs> Did you guys watch all the way to the end of the credits? I no. fast forwarded, but I didn't see anything. <laughs> oh, you I fell asleep. Yeah. You were asleep by the end of the credits? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. At the end of the credits, there is a tag to buy war bonds in the lobby. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> pretty fun. good. Uh, see, it was text. I didn't yeah. notice the text. There's a, like a logo and everything. Is it? Yeah, there's a war bonds uh, logo. Well, that's fantastic. An appropriate age to have seen the zone troopers. The bug miles might be a little bit scary, but I think... It's it's a fun thing that oh fuck really I don't know what age are you when you're super into GI Joe I mean as a boy from a very young yeah, age yeah like five or six like yeah really, like I was I thinking G- five or six GI Joes when I was really young see the thing is as well like I don't know if my personal interests are a little bit off trend because I really enjoyed like midday movies that were like the black and white they're like the kind of older style movies that would play in the middle of the day, I'd sit down and watch them and that was it. I was gone for the next couple of hours watching these movies. Mm. So if this came on, I would have sat down and watched it from five. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think probably more like seven for your average kid, seven to ten kind of thing because then you're sort of more into the whole, you know, army thing. and Because, like, it's funny but it's not wacky pirates, sword fighty yeah. flashy nonsense. Yeah. So I think maybe just that little bit older, it's the old timey thing and yeah. stuff. So yeah, I think just that little bit older. I can understand that. I don't think I don't think there's a fully, problem if, yeah. you, if you're younger, if you happen to be Agreed, a kid that's into it. It's yeah. rated PG in Australia for Yeah. I also items. don't yeah. think you need to understand everything that's going on to be able to watch a movie and enjoy yeah. it. No, of course not. But yeah. I think that- I mean, you clearly didn't. I clearly didn't. Yeah, you definitely don't need to understand everything to understand it when you're a kid, but I think you just enjoy it. In terms of, like, when's the best time to put this in front of a kid, I think yeah. that little bit older, they'll appreciate some of the, th- some of the cute it. stuff or some of the funny stuff a bit better. Mm, yeah. I know. I'm going to stick with 7 to 10. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Yeah, I think that's fair. I was 40 years old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also a perfectly appropriate age for this film. <laughs> Agreed, yeah. True. Would you watch this movie again of your own free will? Yeah, yeah. it's fun and campy, man. Mm. I don't know if I would put it on, like... When, uh, when there are other options. 
Yeah. But again, if you put it on a Saturday, I'd watch it. If this was a midday movie or there was a style or aesthetic that I wanted to show someone and be like, hey, check out this this kind of cool thing, mm. I would definitely put it on. Oh, I had a question mm-hmm. that I never asked. Hit me. This movie has, I don't know whether the words I'm using are going to be accurate, but it okay. feels very clean. Huh. Interesting. What do you mean by clean? In terms of the visuals, they just don't feel like they have as much texture. Grain? Film yeah, grain? and general tech like texturiness as know. like Zone Troopers and some of the other movies that we've seen. Future Cop. Yeah, Future Cop and some of the other movies that we've seen that have been oh, like okay. 80s films. Yeah, this films, yeah, I don't know whether it's just the lighting or it's outside. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Okay, because yeah, I did so, notice that it looked cleaner, but it would still pull. have been filmed on films. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah, but it's all outdoors. And that's is what where, it is. And yeah, less so you just grain. can't see the. So you have more light, right? You can't see the film grain as much. Right. Future Cop is a nighttime movie. It's shot on film at nighttime in the eighties. The film stock they have to shoot on a faster film stock. Faster film stocks tended to be a little grainier. Right. That's why the original Terminator is pretty grainy. Like it's mm. a grainy looking movie because it's all night. It's all nighttime stuff. Mm. So there is that feel and that texture of film of grain. This yeah. movie doesn't have that as much. We did watch the HD version from YouTube. Yes. And yeah, it doesn't quite feel as feel as grainy. I think it would have benefited from maybe being less clean. Yeah. A rating for this movie, the way that we rate movies is on a five star scale with one being I hated this movie, two being I did not like this movie, two and a half being I liked parts of this movie, it was fine, three being I liked this movie, four being I loved this movie, and five being this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think I'm a massive fan of Charles Pan. This is a solid four. Like I would even give it a 4.5, but I feel like it doesn't quite deserve that. The fun, the campiness, the fact that the actors are clearly just having a fucking ball. Um, Everything about it, it's not one of my favorite movies, but I loved it. I agree with everything you said, but I'm giving it a three. Yeah, no, I <laughs> get I that. Because I feel like in the way you solidly love it, I feel like it's more like a solidly like it. Like, Quality-wise, totally yeah, get it. Like, it's but, just, you don't, but you kind of love Verona. I very much love Verona. Joey's adorable. So that doesn't push it to a 3.5? Because you kind of love parts of this movie. Quality does weigh into our sure. our ratings, That's, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, saying, I, I'm not I trying to push you I never said that quality was the issue. I did think about it from that perspective. I do very much love Joey. He's so cute with his little baseball game. He um, um is almost... Oh, you guys wouldn't get the reference. I was going to say Joey Wheeler from Yu-Gi-Oh, but whatever. I, I know. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, he's kind of Joey Wheeler from Yu-Gi-Oh, right? You're both saying um, words I do not understand. <laughs> <laughs> we were born the same year. Um, I'm an old man. Yeah, I think I'm sticking with three because as much as I, I, I did love Joey, I don't think it's enough to make it a 3.5. Okay. But I had a good time with it and I definitely like it and I would recommend it, but I solidly like this movie. Yeah. Cool. 2.5, it's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm not as enamored of this movie as you both were. It's just like it, I, I actually, love the Charles Bandness of it. I was actually kind of disappointed by this. Movie. Really? What disappointed you? So was it the jump cuts? It has some stuff I like, which is why it's a two point five, right? Yeah, it has stuff I like in it, but I kind of agree with the review from up top. It is doesn't really merge the science fiction stuff very well in for me. I like think it just doesn't do it. They don't do enough with it, and I think it's the Charles Band of it all. Like the fact that they can only afford one bug. 
means that I fucking hate the human aliens with their fucking blue faces. Yeah, they're terrible, but that's why I love it. I don't like it. I would rather I would rather have just had one alien in this movie. Yeah. See, you know how I feel about Trances too. It's yeah. just like it the child band of it all. That. It just makes doesn't it do silly. that for me. I like the some of the G Wiz stuff, but it's like the movie has one joke. The yeah. movie has one joke and yeah. it's the G Wiz stuff that Verona is doing. And after a little while I was like, Okay, I fucking get it. Like I really Really? We, it was a chore it? to get through? I don't it wasn't a chore. It, like, and there's still stuff I like. Like I love the the KOing Hitler. I love Mittens. I wasn't the biggest Everything fan about of Mittens. I wasn't the biggest fan of Verona. Yeah, I found the G Wiz stuff a little bit too much. I feel like Verona in view of Mittens, like yeah. when he's playing with Mittens, that was good. Yeah, yeah. But I just found it a little bit too much most of the time. Mm. And I really love the design of Bug. But again, they don't really do enough with it. Suit is great. Like, it's really good. They put effort into it, but I don't think it's probably with it. Something I should have asked earlier. I don't really like Tim Thomason in this movie. Really? I think he's really one note, and I think that I have seen him do more with a character like this. I think in Jack Death, Death, he's doing similar but different, and I think that he's way better as Jack Death than Oh, for sure. I don't think that he really sells being Sarge very well. I think a lot of the reasons why you are lowering your score are the reasons why I'm, yeah, I'm putting that's mine fair, that's up. Fair, that's fair enough. Yeah. It's just- Do you think that you would have enjoyed it more if you'd seen it when you were a kid? Well, that's, so that's a question, right? Yeah, probably. Probably. And also, I just kind of wanted it to be pulpier. Yeah, it just almost I get wasn't that. Enough. Like, it's almost that. It's in that kind of borderline region where the, all the G-Wiz stuff kind of annoyed me. But also, like, if they'd just gone even further with the pulpy science fiction adventure adventure stuff. And I think, once again, it's a fucking Charles Band movie. It's mostly just dudes standing in fields for an hour and a half. Yeah, it right? is. And I understand that. <laughs> it's basically just dudes standing in fields for an hour and a half. It really and, is. And they have, like, ten Nazis. And they just use the same ten yeah. Nazis over and over again. Like, I understand that. If I want to watch a pulpy adventure magazine World War two movie i've got overlord from 2018 which is a much better movie and it has wyatt russell in it i've been told to watch that movie is it good it is the modern bigger budget version of an ec comics wow science fiction versus the nazis world war ii horror movie okay that is great Okay. It is so much fun. And still campy and weird and not like it's, Hellboy? It's pulpy. No. And not like Hellboy. Well, I don't hate Hellboy, but like it I definitely love, well, is I a little it. bit. I love Hellboy. Hellboy's in the same kind of place in terms of like the level of pulp. I feel like it's like mainstream polished. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. Yeah, sure. Overlord is kind of, yeah, Overlord's a, yeah. It's not a big budget movie. It's like a medium budget movie for 2018. So there's, yeah, okay. it's a little bit too much, uh, CGI fuckery at the beginning, but once it kind of gets into it, it has really good characters. It's got stock World War II characters that are really great fun okay. and good fun pulpy Nazis. And so it's basically guys that get put behind enemy lines, right? Yeah. They're also behind enemy lines and they're lost and they yeah. get lost. And their objective is to take out a radio tower that is in a church that is in a, in a village, right? And it's got like some and there's devil something, worshiping There's something going, going on. Right. Yeah. Bad. And it's great. Like it's really good fun. Um, so- and, and I know it's not fair to compare a movie from 2018 that has a budget to Zone Troopers. I'm to just a Charles Band to a Charles Band movie. I know that that's not, I know that that's movie. ridiculously unfair. But if I'm gonna go pick between these two movies for pulpy World War II science yeah. fictiony horror adventure, 
I'm going to watch Overlord. You know what? It, with everything that you said, I was going to knock it down to a 3.5. Don't do that. No, but no, the thing no. Is, love, love, the thing is, the thing is, love what you love. The reason why it's gotten such a high rating is the same reason Trances 2 got a 5. It's because I'm hanging out with my friends again. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I do enjoy that. Yeah. I enjoy that aspect of it. And I, I fucking love Art Lafleur. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the best, man. Well, I, I'll look for more Art Lafleur. One technical funny. thing that I think I should have asked up top is, mm-hmm. how do they make the mandibles move in the mask? It's just servos. It's so, so there's a little motor and it's just like, so think of it like a little metal armature, right? Yeah. So it's just like a uh, like a finger, almost like a metal. So the mask is on the head, but it's just moving without any- It's radio controlled. Oh. So it's just a little radio controlled uh, servo. It's so interesting. That's how they do like mandibles for everything. It's right. It's just radio okay. controlled servos. Very cool. It's just a metal armature underneath. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Next week. The way that we pick movies is that Kira and Brody alternate taking turns, picking from a list of three choices I have prepared from the store. This week is Kira's pick. Yay. Yay. Thanks for not stepping on it like you always do, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I love you. If a movie remains unpicked for three times, it is struck out and taken off the list, although I can bring back movies at a late date. So of my choosing, still on the list from last week, are Road Games with two strikes. Road Games. What the hell? The truck driver plays games. The hitchhiker plays games. Aren't you kind of young to be hitchhiking out here all by yourself? Aren't you kind of old to be picking me up? And a killer is playing the deadliest game of all. Jamie Lee oh, Curtis. That's right. We're in the Hitchcock in the Outback. Games. In but the, not Hitchcock. We're in the two strike cat territory. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. I've started cutting in, <laughs> started cutting in pieces of trailers because you fuckers never talk about the movies. My apologies. Road games. Jamie Lee Jamie Curtis. Lee Curtis. Lo- looking like a fox. You said that every week. <laughs> Always does. <laughs> Looks very Australian. It would be a good, after all the Australian talk this week, it would yeah. be a good good follow up yeah, from that perspective for sure. Yeah, have to have a content for, sure. for the entire episode. For the entire episode, yeah. Can I do the... I don't think I'd actually looked at the pictures on the back of this. Get it, mate. Australian in- content incoming. Apparently. <laughs> Might want to move along. <laughs> Apparently she plays guitar. There's some Aussie coppers. Some Aussie coppers. And a guy. With <laughs> and a another guy. I love how we have an accent that we can do for Australians. Yeah. Because, um, because we don't have accents. Yeah. No. But apparently we do have accents. Yeah. No, no, no. Get out, mate. Rogue. Kira hates it when I do my Australian accent. <laughs> it's I love the Aussie like stereotype accent. I don't mind it on other people. I just don't like it when Ken does it. Yeah. Ninja 3 The Domination oh, with that's one. Right. Oh, that's right. He is the most feared and powerful warrior. A ninja who breaks from ancient tradition and explodes onto America. His soul possesses the body of an innocent woman and transforms her into a lethal assassin. The Master Ninja. Where Revenge of the Ninja left off, Ninja 3 begins. An epic struggle of superhuman strength and supernatural forces. Ninja 3, The Domination. 
Holy shit. This is... Oh, fuck. I really want to see Jamie Lee Curtis in an Australian movie, but this movie looks fucking wild. Ninja 3, The Domination. <laughs> is there... Is there? Does Road Games already have two? Yes, Road Games Road has Games two strikes. Has this has one strike. Oh, yeah. Just so you know, I would be okay with whatever choice, but I still do want to see Road Games. I think it would be... I think it would be a shame to miss Road Games. It would be, wouldn't it? Mm. Mm. And I this will probably pick that next next, uh, next week. Ninja 3, The Domination, comes from Video Easy Ros- Rosanna, Beatham Parade, <laughs> Victoria. Is there a phone number? Yeah, you can call 94569588 to explain why they never got their video back. Oh, it's yeah. a canon group movie. <gasps> oh, yeah, it's a canon film. Oh. Ninja 3, The Domination's canon movie. <clears throat> Did we know that last week? Yeah, I mentioned it last oh, week. Okay. He's the ultimate killer. She's the perfect weapon. Ninja 3, the domination. So, just a preface. I've done that thing that uh, I do where I really like both movies, but I'm just going to fuck up everything oh, no. with the third choice. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's too late. Don't, I only have one. Do it. I only have one oh, take. No. I know you've done it's it. too late. So, I present different flavor. We've been we've been on uh, we went down a John Carpenter road and it was a good time and and then we did another Charles Band movie and we've done Charles Band movies before yeah. but there's a, we've there's done a, Ninja we've done a, Magic we've done Jamie Lee yeah, Curtis yeah science fiction and horror and action the only and thing stuff. we haven't and, done out of this is Aussie one of the things that we've done very one of the genres that we've done very few of in fact we've only done one movie that's good that I would put in this category is, is a teen film. <gasps> Oh, he's fucked us. <laughs> yeah, so you will pick a teen film 100%. So I present to you Christian Slater. Oh, no. <laughs> Pump up the volume. Oh, no, I love this movie. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. You think about it. Everything's polluted. The environment, the government, the schools, you name it. We were on uh, 92 FM tonight. It feels like a nice, clean little man. No one else is using it. Price is right. Are you listening to this? Yeah, of course I'm listening. There's nothing to do anymore. And all the great themes have been used up, turned into theme parks. So I don't really find it exactly cheerful to be living in a totally, like, exhausted decade where there's nothing to look forward to and no one to look up to. He's got a pirate radio station. Nobody knows who he is. I, I could be that anonymous nerd sitting across from you and you turn around and he just looks away he never looks back at you again this is a song for the 90s welcome to Dorina Central may I take your order please yeah I want that was deep I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere uninvited like a Dirty thought and a nice clean mind. I know you. Not your name, but your game. Come to me, or I'll come to you. So you are him. Guess who? It's me again with a little attitude for all you out here in White Bird Land. It's 10 o'clock. Do you care where your parents are? radio person is the whole problem. Are we going to allow this guy to be heard by anyone who can turn a dial? I'm in jail! I'm gonna stay here! Mm. I like it! 
He's trying to tell you that there's something wrong with this school. Why not do something crazy? It makes a hell of a lot more sense than blowing your brains out. FCC, you know what that means? This phone call has been traced. This is my life you're screwing around with here, you know? Not anymore, it isn't. This is everyone's life. Mark, you can't leave it like this. You out there? You listening? Have you seen this? It's Christian Slater. Of course I've seen it. Pump up the volume, guys. You're a Slater uh, I feel like I may have actually seen this movie. Ah, uh, Christian Slater. Hook us up. Oh, t- talk me through it's it. Talk me through it. Choice. I get to look at it. Sorry, first. sorry. It's got a very pretty Christian Slater on the front. And it's got the uh, weird kid eyes. video pink. It is, in fact, it, ha- weird. It, it is in fact weird kid video pink. It's weird kid video branded. That's it's an official color now. Yeah. It's got, I can't remember the name, the character name of the lady on the front, but she's looking up at, looking up at our Christian Slater, who's. It's the eat me, beat me lady. Looking at us with those eyes. Okay, let Brody look. Christian Slater, pump up the volume. This film really puts Christian Slater on the map. Wow, this doesn't sell the movie very hard. I don't know much about this movie. You're not allowed but to read the But it does book. have Christian Slater seemingly naked, but only showing shirtless. Um, <laughs> he, got, he got so close to like almost saying a line of the movie. Naked, wearing only a, a cock ring. <laughs> Microphone? Mm-hmm. Is that the line? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it's not that. Um, don't read. I don't. I can't tell anything about this movie. <laughs> it's That's a, okay. It's a teen movie Give where back. he has a mic, so he's a singer. He's a roadie. He's a podcaster. Shut <laughs> up. No, it's not a podcast. He's he's a radio presenter. Is he? He does, in fact, broadcast on the radio. Ah, uh, Kira. <sighs> It's pump up the Australian volume. Australian exploitation film. I love this movie. It will get. We will get to it. Will we? Do you have any patience? <laughs> <laughs> she wants the shiny thing. I just put in front of her, Brody. <laughs> you can't stop her. You will get to choose that film if I choose Ninja Domination next week and you choose Road Games this week. There is a path out of here where everybody gets what they want <laughs> right at the moment. I don't think it's going to happen because Kira really loves Christian Slater. <sighs> It's, and I know this movie, it's so good and it's so much fun and but, the third movie on the list always gets knocked off. But don't you want to see an Australian exploitation film with Jamie Lee Curtis? I don't want Keen to spend an entire podcast using his Australian accent. Yeah, oh, <laughs> come on. He'll bring Almost road games back. We only have a certain amount of tapes. Oh, you suck. <laughs> I knew what I did. I only have a certain amount of tapes. You know what? Sometimes I regret doing this. Today, I actually have no regrets. (sighs) We'll get to road games. She's already, she's done it. She's picking up the There are certain times where I can't help it. It's either (laughs) Christian Slater movies from the 90s. You just wash your hands of responsibility. Or it's Keanu Reeves ever. Oh, I mean, I get, I get that. I get it. I get it. With Christian Slater, I kind of get it. You'll get it. The thing story. about Christian He's Slater is that not not just that everybody loves Christian Slater, but like Christian Slater mil- movies are always a good time. Yeah, that's true. Like, and I'll tell you what's weird about Christian Slater. And I Slater. love I love a 90s teen movie. Like I just love all of them. That's why I've already seen this because Ken shows me 
every teen movie in existence. He'll be like, I want to watch a movie. Any movie you want, it just has to be a movie. I'm like, okay, what, what teen movies have we not seen yet? I'll tell you what's weird <laughs> about Christian 90s. Slater. He is one of those rare people who didn't stay ageless, but started off good looking and got better looking. <laughs> yeah, he, he grew into his into He's his fucking so good looking. <laughs> Good looking man. Oh, okay, so join us next week for Pump Up the Volume. Because <laughs> hey, let me say the words. <laughs> I will be choosing Pump Up the Volume. I'm sorry, Road Games. It'll come back. I'm sure it'll come back. I hope it does because that looks like a real niche pick. You're going to have two new picks next week that'll fight you for Ninja 3. Yeah, I know that. That's also going <laughs> to be I'm having a struggle. Nice time. <laughs> but that's also an R18 movie as well. Like, we've got to fucking do that. That's The funny thing is, is like in D&D, you're not an element of chaos, but in this podcast, you are an element of chaos. <laughs> Ken just knows how to manipulate me. <laughs> Same. It's yeah. interesting because for Pump Up the Volume on this case, it doesn't say MA15 plus, it just says 15. Because it is a British tape. Ah. It's a British tape. It is not so this an is Australian what the tape. British people do. Yeah, that is a, that is the rating system for films in England. Because, yeah, in look England. at that. Look. It's like a yeah, 15 yeah, in that, a red circle. So that would be Peggy 15. Yeah, we've all heard. Ah. You would know that yeah. from video game yeah. ads, which often are, we often get the British versions of video game ads. Ah. That's why it always says Peggy 18. Ah, good Do you to think know. this was, this is a. It's a retail it's a, tape. It's, it's a, a retail cinema, tape? It's a cinema club Because tape. whoever bought this tape bought it for 99 cents. Yeah. <laughs> I paid a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, so we won't well, have any trailers. This is from Savers. It, it may have trailers. I don't know. We'll okay. find out. We'll find out when we when we test it out. Mm-hmm. Don't join us next week. Don't like, don't subscribe. Don't visit clubmed.com forward slash video and use the code word I don't give a fuck. Stay off the internet. Nah, but actually do listen to us. Do do, do all, the, all things. the things. Follow what? us Follow us on Weird Video. Please do leave us a review because I would like to know more of Brody Spheres. Yeah. Um, you can go do that over on iTunes. Um, what I've discovered is I actually have lots of deep-seated fears. And we look forward to scoring Exploiting them. them for our content. Yeah. I'm okay to be exploited. <laughs> and it's one of them dead tombs. Bob me, Mittens. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Same. Same.